This episode is brought to you by our patrons, Storm and Suro. If you want to support an episode, head over to patreon.com slash powerplaythrough, where for $10, you can get your name at the beginning of an episode, too. We also got plenty of other fun stuff over there. Thank you, Storm and Suro, for sponsoring this episode of Power Playthrough. Hello and welcome to Power Blazer, Ranger Review Podcast. We are coming to you from the privacy of our own homes in smoky Las Vegas, Nevada. Reporting from the Ranger Room, my name is Dan, and as always, from his lightning collection lair is my co-host, Freddy. How are you, my friend? I'm doing okay. It is smoky. It's a bit a bit like a brisket outside. Man, a brisket sounds so good. <laughs> like a brisket that you just inhale. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely, if I died right now, you, and you cut open my leg, you could see the smoke ring from how much smoke I've been getting. You probably taste pretty good. You probably, you probably, you. you're probably like pre-flavored. You know? Yeah, definitely flavored like the Travis Scott meal at McDonald's. <laughs> you got the nice smoky. You got the nice smoky flavor in you. Uh, mm-hmm. You die with that. You know, if a little we, bit of tropical sprite, a little bit of tropical sprite, been oh. basting myself in that. <laughs> <laughs> we we you know what we move straight to cooking you. I think I think you're good to go. I I think that's a that's a delicious party platter. And you know what? If my friends ingested me, and they the only thing they thought was, man, that was pretty good. I think my life was worth it. <laughs> yeah had no qualms whatsoever <laughs> about eating you in not a life-threatening situation we just like yeah let's eat him no <laughs> no no like like let, let's say like you know one of us got to get eaten it ends up having to be me like mm-hmm. i just ask that you guys just like kill me painlessly yeah and then once you're done with the meat you guys are just satisfied with the meal yeah like not like oh my god we had to eat our friend like of course there's gonna be a little bit of sadness there but it, like after you eat it you'd be like Man, it sucks that I don't get to experience eating Dan again because we ate the shit out of that dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think that's a very wholesome thought to be like, yeah. I want to provide for my friends in a life or death situation. And afterwards, I want them to feel guilt free about it. You know, don't even yeah. don't even worry like, oh, I ate another human. It's like, nah, you ate a friend and I love you. Ate you. A friend. <laughs> you ate a friend and like. The only thing that you're upset about was that the meal was too good. You know? Well, well, yeah, yeah, the meal's too good, but you're not like in that situation where it's like you've got a craving for human meat now. Because yeah. because that was just the one Dan, and only Dan tasted like that. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of where I'm at. Self-cannibalism. <laughs> Speaking of the Travis Scott meal. You uh, have you had it? No, I haven't. Okay, let me tell you how lame. It is. I I haven't I haven't watched uh, the food review by the report of the week yet. Okay, which he's usually my go-to. Well, the food review by the report of Dan is that it's a fucking quarter pounder and a thing of fries with a sprite. 
Is it, That's it. Isn't there like bacon on it or something? Yeah, it's a quarter pounder with bacon, but you've had a fucking bacon cheeseburger before. You've had shitty McDonald's meat before with bacon on it. You know what it tastes like. Okay. But you had a you had a tropical sprite and some fries with it? Yeah. Okay. Is That's is it. there lettuce or like special sauce or I mean like it's a QPC. That's kind of it. There's no like at, there's like a sauce for the fries. Is this like Wait, there's a special sauce for the fries? It's not special. Oh. It's the sauce that Travis Scott orders when he goes to McDonald's. Which is? I think it's sweet and sour. I mean, like, let me double check. I don't use sauces. So, McDonald's essentially, like, they did the Jewish, like, deli thing, which is, we're going to put your face on the wall, and you're we're yeah. going to name a sandwich after you. It already exists. Yeah. But since, you know it'll be yours now that's the larry david you know and yeah. this, this is the travis scott yeah you get the the it's a qpc with lettuce and bacon medium fries with barbecue sauce and a sprite it's not even the tropical sprite it's a sprite with ice extra ice because that's what he gets so it's less sprite it's more ice <laughs> and it's six bucks if they if they made, I just don't know why we can't return to that point in humanity where you're like, why aren't we fucking doing something with these ice cubes? Like, why was it, why was it Did... only in the Who meal, you know, at IHOP? And like, that was it. We don't fuck with it anymore. Why? Listen. The IHOP Horton Here's a Who drink with the red and blue jello cubes in it. Yeah. That shit was fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone back for other IHOP Dr. Seuss themed meals. One of them being the... Uh, what did they do recently? They did Grinch cakes. And then they did like... Adam's Family Cakes when the Adam's Family animated thing was coming out. Yeah. And it was just pancakes with black frosting on them, and the Grinch cakes were just pancakes with green frosting on them. There was nothing else it that was, was just, worth getting. It was just a, like, promotion for an Illumination film. Yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. I recently had IHOP, and I had the uh, cupcake pancakes. Okay. So it was just like funfetti cake batter made as a pancake? You got it. And then you add um, some like a cream cheese frosting. Okay. And then some purple uh, cake frosting drizzle. And then I'm sure some sprinkles. Like the sprinkles were basically in there. Like those were pretty palpable like funfetti. <laughs> Fun. Uh, pretty... Texture-rich funfetti. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, all these meals, they seem like they suck. Because, like, I don't want to eat pancakes with frosting on them. Like, that's just me. But I don't know. I'm 33 now. I've got different priorities. Like, I don't want to eat a whole box of hot tamales when I get them. I want to eat, like, four hot tamales. And I'm like, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at, but like pancakes with frosting on them, that just seems like I'm not going to sleep that night. 
that seems like I'm going to have some weird ass. Oh, dreams. I had some nightmares. I've, yeah. I've been in a situation, man, because like, you know, it was my mother's birthday, so I made her a cake. Yeah. And she she loved it. But she was like, oh, it gave me heartburn. I was like, well, it's chocolate. Chocolate will do that. If you didn't know, chocolate is one of those big aggravators of like mm-hmm. acid reflux and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a chocolate cake with chocolate frosting. It That makes sense. And now I'm like, oh, man, I got a whole, like, chocolate cake I got to get rid of. So, like, the past two nights, I've had, like, chocolate cake and ice cream. And I'm just, <laughs> just, just laying in bed with a bowl of it. And, and, like, I could feel, like, my throat starting to, like, resist. Being like, yeah, yeah. you got to knock it off. He's like, you got to knock it off. We can't keep doing this. You know how old you are. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I feel my throat, like, kind of like, it's just like, all right, all right, all right. You know, like, it just, it's just <laughs> like. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want it to go to waste. I hate wasting food. I absolutely hate wasting food. And I guess I could go to like the neighbors in the complex or something like that because we know a couple of them kind of but even then you know during this whole during the whole pandy like it's eh, you know it's a little it's a little iffy you know to be doing that so i'm like well, i guess i just gotta fucking eat it so that's what I'm yeah doing. i, I mean like yeah you you don't want to walk over and like you can give somebody a chocolate cake but they might think that it's a cocoa cake yeah and you know yeah yeah. Nobody wants the cocoa, especially in where you live. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it, I'm sure a majority of the people that live in your neighborhood are a little bit immunocompromised. Something like that, I'm sure. But, yeah, man. So, I, and I'm sure I'm going to be having another bowl tonight while watching New Japan. That's fine, though, because, like, that's a shift. Like, you're going to work. Sometimes you got to bring lunch to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. And Tondar is not going to be there tonight, so it's just going to be you, me, and Emiliano. Maybe because he's not responding to messages. Yeah. He Before we get into any more personal stuff, today we're going to be talking about episode thirty-two of Chorky Sentai O Ranger: The Terrifying School Nightmare, originally airing on October twentieth, nineteen ninety-five, written by Noburo Sugimura and directed by Takao Nage Takao Nageishi. Yeah, we'll go with that. I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Takao Nagaishi. I've been studying Japanese the whole pandy, and it's just so hard sometimes. Yeah. Um. So. I wrote this two months ago, just to <laughs> let you all know. So if it sounds like I just want to apologize up front, if it sounds like I don't remember what happened, it's because that's true. <laughs> like that's that's kind of that's kind of where it's at. It's kinda, if it sounds like that, it's because you have really good perception. Yeah, if it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about, it's because I don't anymore. My brain can only hold on to a Power Rangers episode and a Sentai episode for so long, especially when I get stopped in a toy store by someone who has listened to our podcast, who somehow knew my face who wanted to talk about Super Sentai, and I had to almost go, hey, hold on, what are we talking about? Because <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. 
You don't remember what you said in the podcast? No, I don't. Not one bit. No. It is a black hole. Like, you can... My... You can... Like, I will... I usually do pop myself with my own jokes, but if you come up to me and you say something that I said on the podcast, I will thoroughly enjoy it, because it'll most likely be the first time I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> me, it'll be the third time I heard it, but also... I disassociate pretty heavily <laughs> when I when I edit this show. Like, oh, no, that's not me. Nah, that can't be me. That person's stupid. <laughs> uh, so, the episode begins with Momo showing up at the school from the Barra Tarantula episode. I believe this was also the school where the the Tsuruhime Kanoichi squad had their battle in Kaku Ranger. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a school we've seen a couple times. I'm this this is like the one they go to. Yeah. Um. Well, Momo kicks a a football, the soccer ball, into a school window where it disturbs a young girl named Mayumi, and Momo tells her that she's there to like walk her home. They're friends. Mayumi t- Mayumi tosses the ball back to Momo, and she makes a like behind the back shot into a basketball hoop with a soccer ball. Yeah, and that shit doesn't phase Momo at all. Catchy on the flippity flop. Yep, she was just like, you know what? Sometimes I do it better. Bounce, <laughs> bounce, toss. Where your sister at? Kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> well, you know. Being an O-Ranger desensitizes you to being super dope, is basically what I'm saying. Momo goes into the school to get Mayumi out of her class, which is year four, class two. Because, uh, Freddie, it, did you know, you know how in school, when the class ends, you go to the other class? In order for there not to be, like, hall shenanigans and shit, the kids stay in the class all day. And the teachers go from classroom to classroom. So, hmm. they're just in that room all day. That sounds so that no- way more efficient. It does, it does. But, you know, here in the States, people get, like, real, real attached to, like, the space that they're in. Yeah. Because... That, that means the kids would have, would only need, like, they would need their lockers just in their class. Right? Like, you would have yeah. a cubby. A cubby, essentially. Yeah. And, like, all your books would be in your bag and, because that was your classroom. And you, and, and you wouldn't have to worry about the insane, like, 90 seconds they give you to get shit out of your locker and get to your yeah. class without getting a citation. Yes. And, like, that's your classroom. Like, if you want to eat lunch in the classroom, you don't have to leave. You can just hang out in the classroom and eat I, your lunch. I prefer that. I, I That sounds fucking great. Yes, I am, yeah. you know, I'm 32 years old, but, like, so I have a different perspective, I guess, on the social matters of it. But if I gotta only know these 28 other fuckers, and that's it, fine. That's fine. I don't need to rotate and, like, go to different classes and have different kids, you know, to these specific classes. I don't need to know more people than what's right here right now. That's fine. Yeah, and all of your, like, extracurricular shit is done outside of school hours and there you know you're encouraged to do a lot of extra schooling so you would do that um so that's why they did the year four class two because that was her room 
hers and Momo's room when Momo went to that school. Mayumi says that the teacher got mad at her for studying class. I I don't know why, but Momo just says, hey, let's go talk to her teacher and then head home when there's this ominous voice up ahead that tells Mayumi that she cannot go home. Momo and Mayumi head over to the science department to, and they see a figure dressed as a Kuroki and they, the Kuroki tells her that he has a science experiment to do while the figure uses a meat cleaver to <laughs> chop up a science dummy's heart. Yeah. I guess it's okay. You know what? I don't remember a science dummy, but I, I'm, I'm certain that is the best descriptor <laughs> for, or for whatever was there. It's one of the like, you know, like you could open up its chest and you see all the inner workings of it. It has mm, no arms. Like it's what, just like the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, those were so cool. Especially the the ones in the nineties that were clear plastic and small that you could order out of the catalog. Yes, it, it's kind of like that. And then it's just the he, full scale one. Yeah, chopping it up with a fucking meat cleaver. So, when this figure senses Momo, he throws the cleaver at the wall, almost catching Momo's head through it. At this point, Momo wakes up in her apartment, which looks a lot like a prison cell. (laughs) Uh, She has this, like, giant poster behind her. And, like, I looked at it, for quite a while like I paused the episode and I looked at it for quite a while and I was like man that poster is huge it is has... it just that Momo's really small <laughs> no it's definitely like a su- a subway poster it could and <laughs> it could also be like 50-50 you know she, Momo could just be really small Mo- Momo uh, I mean like she is really small it's like yes but it was a subway poster for the movie Le Grand Blue, which, again, I looked up a bit, and it was released in the U.S. called Big Blue. This was like was that a, a, the surfing movie? Yeah, the if you're thinking about the time period of when O Ranger came out and the name Big Blue, you would think that it was a movie akin to the Big Green. <laughs> But yeah. just, like, water-based. Yeah. But no. It was released in 1988, a fictionalized tale of two real-life freedivers testing, like, the human aquatic potential. Okay. Uh, like, in the movie, the two reached a 122-meter dro- dive, which is about 400 feet. Oh. And ni- neither of the real-life divers ever reached that. Yeah. That's... I don't know why we needed to go into that. 400 feet? That's fucking yes. insane. Like, I think that's... At what point do you start experiencing, like, um, the pressure? Listen, my cousin has a nine-foot pool in her backyard. I can tell you that at the bottom of the pool, my head starts to hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, I can't imagine 400 feet, uh... I was listening to an episode of the LPN show, the last podcast networks, like title show, I guess. Yeah. Other than last podcast. And 
they had on a guest and she was talking about how she went to Australia and went scuba diving. And when she was down and she said something like 20 to 50 feet, I don't actually remember the number that she started to be freaked out by being down in the water that deep. And I was thinking about being at the bottom of my cousin's nine foot pool and how much my head hurt. And I can't imagine being even 20 feet underwater. Yeah. I'm trying to find out like if that's <laughs> like something that should be done. Like is something that, that could be done, I should say. Because that just sound four hundred feet. Like four hundred fucking feet. That's that's no short distance. <laughs> like, it's more than a football field. I like how like as as someone who doesn't consider themselves a sportsman, yeah. a lot of times I do uh, my distances in like sports references, and it's like, but Dan, people ask you questions about football, and your face goes blank. <laughs> I think it's just, um, I think that you know, I think that's just like the way it's it's like. I think Americans are prone to that. Just like how we have our weird ass, like we, we refuse to measure in anything. It, we refuse to measure anything uh, that not in feet, you know, like we, we, we will never, we will never like fucking uh, relent and measure things in like the metric system. Hey, I said 122 meters. I know. I know. But I'm saying like Americans <laughs> but... have that, that kind of propensity to be like that's you know that's the fucking length of a uh, two two buses you know that's the length of like a that's the length of a blue whale wearing a, a narwhal's horn you know like, like I, I will measure in anything else that's the size of two grandma Cathy's. what <laughs> what's a grandma Cathy? Yeah, well we, she was a she was a medium sized woman about five Five five. Yeah, <laughs> we. She weighed. She weighed about one hundred and thirty five pounds. With very small woman, uh. But that's two of her for I'm, sure. I'm definitely. S- what I'm saying is Americans are very fucking stupid, and we're very visually dependent, and and like, that's easier for me. Just me myself. That is easier for me to understand. When you say two grandma Kathy's, I don't need to know grandma Kathy, but I got it. You know. Like, I got it. Like, you said, like, that fucking guy was the size of two Grandma Cathy's. I I picture, like, you know, a nine-foot individual. <laughs> like, a nine-foot-tall individual. I picture a big dude, you know? Like, I picture a... <laughs> like, it, it just makes more sense. We have this propensity to be like, that's like more than a football field. Like you said, like, it just... Even though you're not a sports guy, that just came to you. Because we know, like, these equivalents... But we won't say things in meters. We'll 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 stick to these these visually, um, these visually digestible, you know, analogies for us. <laughs> and I yeah. and I, we're just very. I think that's just a very American thing. Uh, if we ever get out of the fundemic, and you ever get a chance to uh, meet Freddie and I, if you want to see my eyes glaze over and. Just see me just completely go like, I have no idea what you're talking about to me. Talk about sports. Any kind of sports. I know a little bit about hockey because I played it in high school 
and you know we got a hockey team so suddenly our entire city were fucking hockey experts yeah uh mm-hmm. so i know a little bit about hockey specifically just because i used to play it but that's about it but if you talk to me at all about either version of football if you talk to me at all about table tennis real tennis uh bowling uh, you could talk to me about bowling. I understand that. Yeah. My eyes will just turn into just two glass balls and go two different directions because I'm not, I'm not, I don't know you or sports. <laughs> <laughs> talk about free diving. Like to me, diving is just what you do into the backyard pool when you're overheating too much. That's it parkour people run just jump on shit for fun that's a sport i don't understand that (laughs) it's just it's it's the um it's it's us continuing to want to marvel at the spectacle that is the human the the human capability the 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 upper limits of our athleticism we we just want to see it you know like i mean think the earliest kind of sports have always been how far can you chuck this fucker or how far can you chuck that dude you know that's yeah i mean like the games that we used to play in the apartment complexes hey you think you can hit that car with this olive that's going the opposite direction across that six lane highway yeah (laughs) it's just hey how far do you think that we can get away from that car before the bomb bag explodes and they chase us (laughs) those are the kind of games that i played yeah yeah that's do you think that we'll get in trouble if we throw this lit firework into the firework stand and run away yeah you you do quick maths like that going back to it when i talk about like you're you like if we threw something at those people over there and they're behind that fence you know how fast do you think how much time do you think we have for them to vault over that fence and get to us? Will, will we be able to put enough safe distance between us and them? Because there's a lot of them. And we're throwing, you know, we're throwing a Butterfinger McFlurry at them right now. And I'm sure they're <laughs> not going to be happy. <laughs> now, let me let me be very clear. Like, I've received my, like, just desserts back for acting like that when I was seven. Because... When I was 15, my job was to dress as Spider-Man and stand on the side of the road and wave people into the comic book store that was paying me to do that. I cannot tell you the amount of things that I've had thrown at me while dressed as Spider-Man on the side of the road. And the worst part about it was I didn't have a sign. I was just Spider-Man. So I looked like I was just a weirdo hanging out with a coffee cup because there was also a coffee cup. You think that's what made them feel safe to do it then? Because it was just like this is a deranged person. This is just a this is just a psycho that isn't promoting anything, just thinks they're Spider-Man. No, I was promoting something. They just didn't give me a sign. Yeah, I you weren't you weren't promote I mean, you were promoting something, but you didn't have a sign. So they're like this must be just you know, a lunatic or someone, someone that fortunately needs help. Let's, let's, let's pelt them with things. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I received plenty of things thrown at me. And, like, I don't harbor any ill will against them because, you know what? If I if I didn't have to do the work myself, I'd have probably done the same thing. <laughs> but because that was my job, I did not throw things at people when I was in high school because I knew how it felt. Yeah. That's perspective, man. That's what we all need. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Just opening up your perspective. Just yeah. Seen a little, if little bit past your own little purview. Yeah. And if you're listening to this going like, man, they should really be talking about O-Ranger. <laughs> Again, I wrote this two months ago. <laughs> Does it, like, can you tell? Can you tell that we're kind of just... Can you, till, can you tell that... Wait till Monday. There's only one part of the Power Rangers episode that we're going to talk about that is memorable <laughs> at all. Like, can you tell that... This episode hasn't been on our minds at all. Like, can you tell that th- this episode has no pertinence whatsoever to us? Because it's been and so long. To the, se- to the series, honestly. Because from here on, at Woe Base, we see Momo explaining to the chief and the rest of the team that she's been dreaming about this girl, Mayumi. Reaching- Mayumi's been reaching out to her on a nightly basis, and she thinks that she's being called to save her. The O-Ranger, like, you are definitely overreacting this isn't worth official o-ranger business your dreams we're handling we're dealing with an unrelenting empire of machines yeah i well i guess the chief at this point is like anything could be a machine plot i don't think the chief was into it just because they were like it's not worth official o-ranger business not worth <laughs> We shouldn't be putting. When, we shouldn't be putting tax dollars into Momo's weird dreams about a childhood friend. Yes. Okay. Digging a little deeper into the past, we find out that Momo changed schools and heard that Mayumi died in an accident. Specifically, she went down to the river and disappeared eleven years ago. That's what just happens to kids in the nineties. Yes, you just go down to the river and you disappear. That happens down by the river. <laughs> that happens every. Every kid's show had an episode about that. Either a kid going missing in a river, or if you live in a more urban area, you go missing in a culvert. You know, you go missing in a fucking canal. There's an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was, like, all centered about around this red red bike that belonged to this kid, this one kid used to know, used to know and he fucking fell over the, the bridge this into the canal. This one kid used to know. This one kid used to know. Uh, okay, so Momo talks a little bit about how she went missing 11 years ago. Are you sure we don't want to talk about dead kids in the river? Because I think we are about to talk about dead kids in the river, okay? Yeah. That one or two girls have gone missing from that same spot every year since Mayumi disappeared. So, like, 11 to 22 girls have gone missing (laughs) down by the river. Every year. Now, that could be a... That, like, you got a couple things going there. That could be ghosts. That could be some, uh... A, the Some weird, like, occurrence of nature. Maybe that's, like, inadvertently has become, like... It is a, uh... I used to know what this was called, but it's like a... It's like a naturally occurring wind tunnel. And where okay. s- strong strong gusts can catch you. You know, like, 
So maybe they like chucked over by that, or you could have like a eldritch clown situation. You could have yourself a real Pennywise of a pickle. There's multiple reasons for kids going missing, but the nine or just or just a little girl rapist. Or (laughs) yes, there's that one too. (laughs) But because so many girls have gone missing. Now the chief gives Momo the okay to investigate officially. Uh, the camera work in this scene specifically is pretty interesting because as Momo is going deeper into the story, they kind of used a boom cam, not a boom, a uh, they used a crane camera. And it goes lower, and then, like, as the camera starts to come down, like, the O-Ranger, you can watch them get, like, more invested in Momo's story. It's just really nice. Yeah. Momo makes her way to Mayumi's childhood home. She finds that her mother is still grieving, saying that she doesn't believe that Mayumi's actually dead, so she's left her room exactly as it was. Gotta redo that. Let's turn this phone to silent, which should have been done forever ago. That is so weird. You're, was that a Twitter? Yeah. I had a... I had a Twitter notification go off, but my phone was on silent. So I was like, how did my phone make that noise? No, that was your boy Dan's phone. That's weird. Wow. (laughs) Momo makes her way to Mayumi's childhood home. She finds her mother still grieving, saying that she doesn't believe that Mayumi's actually dead. So she's left her room exactly as it was. Momo remembers a time with Mayumi when they were biking down a country road asking each other what they wanted to be when they grow up. The shadowy figure is kind of there, and he sees this and curses her for sticking her head where it doesn't belong. We cut to the school, and Momo's attacked by the masked man. He pulls, puts like a diode on her head, knocking her out, and the O-Ranger arrive on the scene just in time to scare him away. We go back to Woe Base, and the Rangers learn that Momo has, like, an abnormality in her brain because she's in REM sleep, but it's 100% a nightmare. The, the masked man must have done something to make sure she's having a terrible dream, and the Rangers wonder if they're ever going to be able to wake her up. So this dude came up, slapped a diode on her head, and just Freddy Kruegered her. When we come back to Momo's dream, she sees the masked man taking Mayumi away. In the science room, she's confronted by him, and he explains that Mayumi wasn't killed. She was collected. He takes cute young girls, and he brings them into this dream world to play with them. And he explains that Momo is in a dream world of his creation, and she's going to die here. Momo begins the like classic horror movie stuff, running and hiding. But she is an O-Ranger. She does this essentially to try and get the upper hand on him. And when she does this, he's revealed to be the machine beast Bara Nightmare. Ah, okay, we've got the plot. O-Ranger can officially be here. This is tax dollar time. This ain't, this ain't just Momo hanging out anymore <laughs> this has moved into the old ranger jurisdiction yeah. okay now chief, they can start transforming yeah chief was gonna <laughs> let her handle this on this is you know 
You're not doing your weird dream shit on company time. Yes. You can, you can do that on your own. You're not going to get paid for it. Soon, soon as a machine bee showed up. That's this kind of puts her at ease, though, because now she's like, oh, I know what to do in this situation. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? It kind of like if this had no bearing on the machine empire, what's uh, the Barra empire whatsoever. Like, I think it would have been better. I honestly think it would have been better. Like, there's a couple of things. I'm, this episode's coming back to me real fast. But I think there's like one of the things that could have been done better was just have no tie. To the to the machines, I think this being some kind of like evil force, you know, that maybe like that preys off a of choriky shit or whatever, you know, I think that would have been interesting. I mean, we know that there's monsters that used to exist on the earth. The fucking Bar Empire talked about them. You know, they they like there there used to be um, these things that we know as like you know cryptids and shit like that they used to actually exist paku yeah paku's a cryptid yeah paku yeah <laughs> but at the same time like this is going to be a plot point later down the line but bar nightmare is an exiled machine beast that which is why he's been on earth since before the machine beasts came back so you got to assume that he's been hiding in people's dreams for a hundred million years. Ain't no thing. Whatever. Yeah, so, like, he was exiled by, uh, Bacchus Wrath. Wow, that's how long it's been. <laughs> that I had to remember his name. Uh, yeah. you know what, you know what, that's actually, it's actually the next plot point. Like, he decided to live his life on Earth in exile instead of being hunted and killed by Baranoia Royals. And, like, learning this sends Momo's body into, like, a real-world fit. Like, she, as if she's being attacked and her body's thrashing about in what I put in my notes as the woke world. Uh, the O-Ranger asked the chief to send them into her dream, and he devises a way to sync their brainwaves with her. And uh, the team enters her dream completely transformed. When we come back... Momo's in a elevator, taking her to, like, different areas in the dream school that are just rooms, essentially, for her to be tortured in. Kind of like the first one where, when she walks up, the stairs catch on fire, and Mayumi's backpack tumbles through the fire. And then she's, like, ghost-throned into the back into the elevator, but now it's electrified, and she's getting shocked as she's sent to the next level. Luckily, she is being constantly tortured because the O-Ranger are transformed in her dream and they can hear Momo's screams. And they're going after her, but they, these transformed heroes, are slowed by falling soccer balls. <laughs> they find a hidden staircase by following the screams. And Momo's sent into a room full of skeletons, as Freddy would call them Chucks. Yeah. That <laughs> was I was, I, was, <laughs> I was reading, and I was like, well, I gotta, you know, I got a little, um, citate, not, <laughs> I gotta cite this, this, this part here in the script, Dan, because this, uh, <laughs> this is clearly wrong. It doesn't say skeletons, it says trucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm always scared when you don't explain that skeletons are chucks because sometimes I sit here and I go, I don't know if the listener knows that when he says chuck, he means a worthless skeleton. (laughs) It's usually, yeah, it's a, it's a, so like, way to put it. So think of a skeleton and think, and think of like a skeleton that owes you money. Right, and that's that's like the the lowest level of layabout and mooch you can like possibly come up with, and that's I think th- I think that's what the, one of the most relatable things that you've ever said, Freddie. Think about a skeleton that owes you money. Because <laughs> you're, I think that I think that everybody listening <laughs> to Power Playthrough definitely has that in their life. Like you know what. This motherfucking skeleton owes me thirty dollars. I took. I remember in nineteen ninety seven, I took this motherfucker to BK and I got him a Burger King kids meal because he said, "Look, man, they've got to figure a wheels, and I need it." So, like, I mean, if you really put that into perspective, you're not getting your money from it because that's a dead guy, you know. Like that's. Yeah. You're you're a fool, and you you're you're angry about that because you're like, why did I even fucking give him money? What did I expect? And that's like a chuck. Yeah, you expected. <laughs> like, I almost think that your relationship with chucks is similar to the like South Park relationship with the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it it runs a yeah, it runs a lot of parallels. That's that's true. Always looking for three fifty. Yeah. <laughs> um. Burn Nightmare states that these are the bones of the girls and boys, and that Momo's bone bones will be in the pile soon. She finds a pink door and she goes through it and she sees all of the girls playing basketball, but it's kind of like ethereal basketball where they can't really hear anything outside and they're like being forced to play basketball Mm -hmm. uh nightmare carries mayumi in and puts her down and he's like go play like a ninja turtles yes uh momo enters the like play state and this just infuriates nightmare and it's his secret dream door, and he closes in to go kill Momo. Secret dream door. That is absolutely like a 90s board game. Yeah. That's like, because um, what was the one where you like you got to figure out who your crush is, and you call him on the phone? Mystery date. Mystery date? Was that what it was called? It was yeah, like, and the only reason I know that is because of the Santa Claus. The secret dream door is like the same fucking thing. I wouldn't be surprised if that is a thing where you like, you got to make a guess who's behind the door. You know, who's you're on, you're going on a blind date. He's picking you up. Who could it be? You know? And then you fucking open it and it's like, bam. You know, uh, I, I mean, like, what was that one? John, Jonathan Taylor team. Thomas is here to take me out. Oh my God. What a relevant reference. (laughs) I mean, for a secret dream door, it is. Like you see in the commercial, it's like just a bunch of fucking teeny bopper heartthrobs, you know? JTT's here. (laughs) 
JTT's oh. here and he's gonna take me out and we're gonna go necking. Yeah. Is it weird that like right after Jonathan Taylor Thomas's time in this time in the light? <laughs> I think you're like, gonna uh, say time in this world, like he's yeah. dead. <laughs> that the next like Tiger Beat teen heartthrob was another JT in Justin Timberlake, but now he's just an adult heartthrob. <laughs> Have you what 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 is? What is JTT up to right now? How's he look? I mean, okay. Interesting parts of a podcast. JTT 2020. I'm seeing him right now. You know, he's got a podcaster's look about him. Yeah, he definitely looks like Austin, Texas is where he lives. (laughs) All right. Here's I, I've got a picture of him and the older brother that I'm going to put in our group chat. I like that all of the pictures of what Jonathan Taylor Thomas looks like right now are all from one photo shoot. Like this is the last time he came out of his house. <laughs> it really is. I'm seeing that too. Yeah, it's all in that fucking like that brown coat and the the flannel the, shirt underneath it. Yeah. Wow, like, that's pretty cool that him and his brother stayed in scale. Yeah. <laughs> or him, then, I should say him and his fictional brother that I can't think, think okay. the name of. Here's one of all three of them. And unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is now the smallest of the three. He is. Yep, there we go. I wish they would have remade this photo. Listeners of the podcast must love this part. Yeah, yeah, this audio format where we're just looking at stuff and and, and not describing it at all. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, just like fucking surface level reactions. Oh, oh, yeah, look at that. He's smaller. He's to let you know. JTT has probably come out of the house twice since his time on Home Improvement ended. Good for him. You know, he's sitting on his money. He's sitting he's sitting on the fucking the Lion King money. He's sitting on the fucking Man of the House money. He's sitting on uh what else did he fucking do? Was he first Wild kid? America, you know? No, he, he was wasn't first, first kid. No, he uh he was but he was Pinocchio. Uh, I love First Kid. Sinbad's great. He did a voice in Palm Poco. That's wild. Oh, it was Brock Pierce. And you might be wondering, who's Brock Pierce? Well, you would know him from uh, him playing a young Gordon Bombay in the 1994 film D2, The Mighty Ducks. Speaking of the Mighty Ducks, oh man, I we can't go any further tangent, but uh, did you you see the report about uh Sean Weiss, you know Goldberg, and you know how he's been in a, been having a rough time. Yeah, he's he's now like something like two hundred something days sober. He looks good, like he's oh, he, that's good. He got he has new teeth and everything. Really, 
really happy for Mr. Sean Weiss. Like, wonderful, wonderful to see. My favorite movie that he was ever in, Heavyweights. Heavyweights. Oh my God, Heavyweights. We're going to talk about that movie. That's, that's fucking done deal. We've already talked about that movie on this fucking podcast, but we're going to, we're going to talk about it on the Patreon. We're going to do a, okay, so guys, on the Patreon, that I like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about it until the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, a ranger here, Momo screen, sent into a room full of chucks, bones, where Miami's secret dream door. Goro and the others have arrived to save her. When the. One second. I can feel a burp at the bottom of my throat, and I was like, it's going to come up while talking. I got to get it out. But no. So. When the secret dream door closes, Goro and the others arrive to save Momo. This, like, their appearance in Baron Nightmare's dream kind of, like, shakes all five O-Ranger out of the dream world. Now they know that they have to go to the school's basement and go kill this, this nightmare. They immediately hop on the Jetter machines and make their way to the school's secret basement. And when they get there, they find all of the bodies of the time-frozen, stolen girls, except for Mayumi. When they find her, Baron Nightmare attacks, because she is put in a room alone, because obviously Nightmare knows they're coming to save her, so that they need to make a trap. He's talking about how these are his girls, he's going to keep them. It's real creepy. Baron Nightmare's a creep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was already, he's already targeting young girls, like, specifically targeting young girls. At this point, Baron Nightmare gets kind of, like, some new reality-bending powers, because Momo's enraged, and she goes in for a full attack on Nightmare, and they're now dipping in and out of the Nightmare world. And we know that they're in the Nightmare world, because the lighting is awesome the nightwear world that's just like lingerie and shit yeah and we don't want to talk about that when we're talking about stolen little girls (laughs) (laughs) i just want to say it exists that's it Uh, no no um relation whatsoever to this episode okay the nightwear world is what i call my bedroom because (laughs) all i all i wear in that room is male lingerie that i bought on etsy xxx should be going through Wish. I'm not going through Wish. <laughs> wish is such a nightmare world. Have you gotten anything yes. that you purchased from Wish? Yes. How come we haven't talked about this? I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Not necessarily on the podcast. You haven't told me that any of your Wish purchases have arrived. You haven't oh. told me about the value that you received. Like, I guess did you I get I guess, the sneakers. I guess I haven't. No, no, I didn't get the sneakers because that's like their whole. I think their plan. I think their plan as a company is to like throw these deals out. It's like fifty cents for this. Come get it quick, you know, limited limited amount. And then like some people will get those, but most of the people will not get those. Hmm. But the but the rub is is that like in order to get a refund, you have to go into there. You have to go through like you have to click through like three different menus, and then you then you have to talk to an automated service, 
and it always has the same script each time, and it's about like four little messages long. And then you then you have to decide if you want it in credit or if you want it just refunded. And if it gets refunded, it takes like three to four business days to get and, your fifty cents. Yeah. So I think no one asks for refunds. They just don't bother. And I think they're kind of like you know accumulating uh, like fractions of dollars that way. <laughs> and then people are just using credit. Yeah. On yeah. everything. Yeah. The people are just using credit. Or they're just not even bothering. Like, oh, I didn't get it. It was 50 cents. Whatever. You know, they, they account. They just they just chalk it up as a loss, you know. On the day that you got Wish Obsessed. Uh-huh. I was, I gotta admit, I was a little, I was a little hot with you because you didn't get the big box of candy. Because it had glowing reviews. <laughs> it said, exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. box of candy. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone had, like, pictures of all of the candy that they got in dishes behind them. And it's like, listen, they're straight up telling you this is a big box of candy. It was a misstep. It was. <laughs> I, I got no argument for it. What did you get? I got a drill, um, what's it called? A pinning vise. It's like a little hand drill. Okay. I'm using that to drill, uh, um, Gun barrels on models and stuff like that. It's really All useful. Right. I got this little lamp um, that I've been using. I got this little clip-on fan that's been baller that I attached uh, to my desk. Because, like, how I have my sleeping ar- arrangement is I have the big box fan at the end of my bed propped up. So it just fucking, you know, blows on me. And, like... I can have the sheet over me and it'll like billow up and all that shit. It's just a, you make yourself a nice little cool tent, you know? Yeah. Um, but when I sit down at the desk to paint, I'll get hot. I'll sweat. doesn't matter. I'll sweat. So I don't want to bother with getting that fan and like propping it up on my bed or taking it all out from there, unplugging it, putting it someplace else. So I got a little, little clip on fan that's like meant for like um, baby cribs and shit. And I just okay, and it's USB plug, and uh, I have a little uh, power strip on my desk that has USB plugs for it. I just plug it in; it's a three-speed little fan, and it works wonderful. Not That's good, n- not a problem with it whatsoever. And uh, there's one other thing I got, but I can't. Something very mundane, and I can't think of it right now. But I was just like, yeah, I'll use. I could use one of those. <laughs> was it those uh, shorts with the copper in them? That heat you up? No, no, no. It wasn't those. Oh, okay. I want to experience those. But like, yeah. So, in the basement, they're attacked by a giant skeleton. And then, oh, I guess in my notes here from two months ago, it says, explain why Freddy calls skeletons chucks. <laughs> Which we already did. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> The giant skeleton, which turns into Baron Nightmare, uh, they fight him. They're attacked by him. And then we get maybe one of the coolest visuals of O-Ranger. They're all completely in shadow, and we see the color around the rim of the suits and a bit of the shapes of their visors with like the Choriki visage of King Pyramider behind them. The team begins to close. It's the, it's the opening to Power Rangers Zeo. Mm-hmm. Like the part where they do the Zeo. 
Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's the if you've watched Power Rangers Zio, that's the visual that we're giving you. The team begins to glow, and Momo uses her special attack, the flashing miracle Chi Kung shot, to stun Bara Nightmare, giving the team enough time to use the Choriki Dynamite attack. Uh, this gets Nightmare back into the real world, but because he's an older model, this is enough to kill him. And with no more ties to the paranoia, he is not revived. Immediately after this, all of the kidnapped girls start to walk out of the school, announcing their name and their year and their class. Uh, and that, all right, cool, cool. But like the O Ranger are pretty happy that the spell's broken. Yeah. When Mayumi emerges last, Momo goes running to her and they just hug it out. And then Chief Mura shows up with Mayumi's mother and lets her know that. You know, they got a, t- a lot of time to make up. They've lost a lot of time together. But guess what? Only the mother has lost time. Mm-hmm. Mayumi went to sleep. And then she woke up. And she was the same age. This is, And she has to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where this was the part in the episode when I originally watched this where I was on board fully with the whole nightmare stuff. I thought that was cool. I feel like this was kind of a a letdown of an ending. Because I think... I mean, I don't know how this makes me sound. But I think it would have been better if the girls were just dead, but their souls were put to rest. See, uh, I know that that's not going to happen. Because, I mean, like, while... A Japanese kid show is willing to teach people harder lessons. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't really get characters that die that often. Especially side characters. Especially children. Um, But I did want to see them come out as adults. And there'd be, like, some weird repercussion as time has passed. Instead of just, like... Well, it's a free pass. Like, all these parents had to go through hell for X amount of years, up to 11. But their kids are just exactly as they were left. So it's a good thing Mayumi's mom left her room exactly how it was. Because when she would have got home, she would have been like, why is my room different? It hasn't been that long. Now, she goes home and she's like, yeah, everything's exactly the same. Why has technology moved on so much? It'd be... Like, it's a cop-out ending. It is a kid show. But, like, that's not really, like, a great excuse. It yeah. is a kid show. It's a hell of a culture shock, for sure, for for little Mayumi. Because, you know, fucking dis- going to sleep in the 80s and waking up in the year... What, isn't it 1999 or in, in uh, O-Ranger? Yeah, it's 1999, so she went to bed in 88. <laughs> you went to bed... Come on now. Think of that. You woke up and you woke up and Nintendo sixty four was a thing. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> like you fucking? Can you imagine that shit? You go to fucking you go to fucking bed. New kids on the, Nintendo. New, new kids on the block is fucking going right, and you're like, this is this is this is nice. Yeah. This is nice. You're just out here. You're hanging tough. Yeah. Just hang tough. Hang tough. You know what the Ninja Turtles are, and then yeah. you come out, and it's 1999. And guess what? Getting jiggy with it. 
That's it. Na 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 na. Like, what the fuck is happening? You know, like, Will Smith is at the top of the charts. Independence Day. Like, you missed it. <laughs> Titanic. It was like the highest grossing film of all time. Also, like, like just like four years after you went to bed fucking this movie called jurassic park came out and it like showed us hey you know we can do shit with technology that's like fucking wild we could just make dinosaurs like there's so much that happens in that span of time a whole fucking genre of music rises and dies out like like it, it like that's incredible you got tamagotchis now especially in fucking japan going from 88 to 99 as a kid in japan in a blink of an eye Ooh. Digimon's a thing. Yeah. You you've you've missed the first couple of years of Pokemon. Yeah, like it's fucking wild, man. That's that's how I gauge time. I don't know about you, Freddy. <laughs> what the Pokemon generations? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that's, that's that's as good of a milestone progression as any. Like every three years, we get a new one, and it's fine. I mean, every year we get a new one, but every three years we get like a. Like a new one. Yeah. 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 Um, they're just a happy family. Like the O-Ranger congratulated. And I guess everyone gets reunited with their families in the end. Like. Cool. Cool. Like we've gone off on a lot of tangents on this episode <laughs> because guess what? Not much fucking happened. It's it's like it's a fun episode to watch. It's got. Probably the mo- one of the two most iconic shots of the O-Ranger in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we fought about where tax dollars need to go. We fought about, like, Momo said, no, my dreams are more important than the taxes. It's, it happened. The episode happened. Like, I wrote it two months ago, yeah, and yeah. guess what? Like, I... I still have the same feelings about the episode that I had two months ago. Like yeah. I didn't have anything. They're coming. They're coming back to me. The stronger ones I had, which was like I said, I feel like it was a cop out ending. Well, you said it's cop out ending. I I agree. It's a very weak ending. I thought the concept was stronger than the some stronger than the whole. You know, like the the some of its parts were greater than the whole. I guess is a way to put it, because like I think the concept would have been better used for a more serious episode that would have uh bigger ramifications or like like i think it's a good momo episode and i just think the end kind of like makes you know takes away the stakes yeah yeah and like to like tell you a little bit more about like mine and freddy's process is that i picked freddy up to to like do groceries or something like that maybe the day after I wrote this script and I was talking about how hard of a time I was having remembering what happened the day after I wrote this. And I spend about two to three hours writing these three pages. So like that kind of tells you about the memorableness of the episode. Do you have anything else to talk about with this? No, I think we hit it all. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to our show. We come to you every Monday and Thursday on your favorite podcatcher. We're on a bunch of them. We do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash PowerPlaythrough. Now, 
we did the entire thing of VR Troopers. We've done most of Beetleborgs. We've still got quite a bit to go. Yeah. We're, we're... And we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, I don't know when this is coming out. So, if it comes if this comes out sometime in October, probably won't. Enjoy our spooky episodes that are coming out on the Patreon. If not, we're doing Patreon a little differently. We are adding some different genres. We're gonna we're stepping out of the Toku world a little bit. Not by much. Like the first thing we tackled was the nineteen nineties Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which is Toku in its own right. Um we're we're doing some things. Freddie and I were Going off in this podcast, we're doing heavyweights. Who knows when we're doing heavyweights? We might do the big green. May do camp we should, nowhere. We should do the sandlot. We can do sandlot. We, there's like, it's all there. It's we're doing movies field. and shows. We're doing movies and shows that we loved as kids. And we'll finish Beetleborgs. We promise. Maybe we'll finish Beetleborgs when we're a little more professional. <laughs> But if you could follow us on social media, that would be wonderful. At P Playthrough on Instagram, Power Playthrough, at Power Playthrough on Twitter. Uh, no, sorry. We are at P Playthrough on Twitter, and on Instagram, we're at Power Playthrough. We're on Facebook, Power Playthrough as well. That's where you can get a hold of Freddie. If you want to send us an email, you can send one to powerplaythrough at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at McNernia, but where can we find you on the internet, Freddie? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Chief Robert, usually talking about some kind of stance I believe in or some or another, or uh, retweeting something I found funny, dogs, whatever. Uh, you can get at me, though, very easily. Or you can just check me out on Facebook under my own name. I don't care. That's it. Oh, the Instagram. That's probably not up i mean it's not up right now so it's probably not up there's a good is a good chance it's not up, but you know it may be and could be it could be who knows uh and, and if it is you'll see like uh some of my hobbies hey hey hey, hey i th- you know what that that song that was playing uh earlier at the beginning of the show that was kind of a banger wasn't it you know where you can get more of that? From the sweet boys who did it. Rainer. At Rainer.bandcamp.com. They are the now, PP boys. I, I have a question. For Rainer, is that spelled like the Green Lantern, Kyle Rainer? It is spelled exactly like that, Rainer, because in fact, it's an homage to that, Rainer. Awesome. <laughs> you can find those boys at Rainer.bandcamp.com. Where they supply you with crunchy, crunchy tunes. You can also check them out on Spotify. Give them those uh, fractions of cents. They really, really like that. Just put it on loop while you're sleeping and mute it. Whatever. Or if you just like it so much, let it play while you sleep. You'll have good lime-filled dreams. These boys are the PP boys' favorite boys. And I won't stop saying boys because they are truly that. The best boys. You can also check out their other project which is called BreakCheck at BreakCheck.BankCamp.com. More and more good tunage there. We love these guys. It literally wouldn't be a show without them. Please, please, please check them out. Give them your patronage. They have some merch for sale. They'll have more stuff for sale later on. You know, it's it's, it's pandy time. So there's, they're artists in pandy time. So you know how it'd be. 
Well, again, thank you so much for listening to our show. Your support means everything to us. And for Freddie Gabaldon, I'm Dan McNerney. Good night and good luck.